Imagine you're lying in bed and sleeping comfortably, but suddenly you wake up and realize you're unable to move. You try and call for help, but you aren't able to speak. You come to the startling realization that there is something else in the room. Suddenly, you see a dark shadow creature floating in the air, and it begins to suffocate you. Occurrences such as this are what folklorist David Huffert sought to explore when he wrote his groundbreaking book, The Terror That Comes in the Night. And on this episode of The Monster Folklorist with Jack Daly, we explore his work on the old hag, sleep paralysis, and his experiential source hypothesis. During the first 150 years or so in the field of folklore, supernatural belief was something that was not approached with the critical eye. Anthropological theories of the 19th and early 20th centuries were full of the idea that more primitive cultures were prone to magical belief and superstition. These terms are obviously very loaded and completely unfounded. Belief in beings like ghosts and what we might term monsters was thought to be based on irrational logic and not based in reality. But David Huffert worked to turn these ideas on their heads. He began to investigate what is known as hagging in Newfoundland, an area where supernatural folk belief is widespread. Hagging is the term used to define the experience defined at the beginning of this video. It is named as such because it was thought that an old hag or witch would come in and do the suffocating. He identified four key aspects that make a hagging. First, the person would awake, but not fully. In other words, this experience took place not while the individual was fully asleep. Second, they would hear or see something. The form this took was varied. At times, it would be a cloaked figure, a dark gas or a ball, a vampire-like figure, or even an animal. Third, they would be pressed into the bed and would feel like they were being choked or suffocated. And fourth, the person would be unable to move or call out. The following report documented by Hufford displays a typical Newfoundland hagging. In my experience, I felt very numb and still. I do not know if I was able to move or not because I did not feel as if I wished to move. I was also lying on my back, just staring in an odd fashion. Everything around me appeared to be at a distance and I felt as if I was enclosed by something. It was as if I could not touch reality. In my mind, I was drifting in some peculiar realm. I was not dreaming, but wide awake, but as if in another realm, but in fact was in my bedroom. I could see where I was, but as if I could not reach out or speak. My mother had the same experience. She could not come out of it. She was not dreaming, but could not speak. She felt as if she was choking as she was lying on her back. As he interviewed a vast number of people, he began to realize that an extraordinary amount of individuals were having this experience. Instead of culture influencing belief, actual experiences were the genesis for a hagging, it would seem. To determine if this experience was truly separated from culture, he began to expand outside of Newfoundland, where the old hag could have been known. He interviewed people in the United States, including Pennsylvania, where they reported having the exact same experience, despite having no prior knowledge of the old hag. The following experience details how a Pennsylvania medical student who had no outside knowledge of the hag detailed the same experience. What woke me up was the door slamming. Okay, I thought, it's my roommate. 
I was lying on my back just kind of looking up, and the door slammed, and I kind of opened my eyes. I was awake. Everything was light in the room. My roommate wasn't there, and the door was still closed. But the next thing I knew, from one of the areas of the room, this grayish, brownish, murky presence was there. And it kind of swept down over the bed, and I was terrified. It was like nothing I had ever seen before. And I felt this pressing down all over me. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. And the whole thing was that there was like, I could hear the stereo in the room next to me. I was wide awake, you know. It was a fraternity house. I could hear everything going on all over the house. It was a pretty noisy place, and I couldn't move, and I was helpless, and I was really scared. And this murky presence just kind of this evil thing. It was evil. You know, this is weird. You must think I'm a... This thing was there. I felt the pressure on me, and it was just like enveloping me. It was very, very, very strange. And as I remember, I struggled. I struggled to move and get out. And you know, eventually, I think eventually what happened was... I kind of like moved my arm, and again the whole thing just kind of dissipated away. The presence, everything. But everything else just remained the same. The same stereo was playing next door. The same stuff was going on. This account is startling for a number of reasons. First is the person is having the same, what we might call, supernatural experience as someone else but thousands of miles apart. Their cultural ideas are not reinforcing each other. He expresses fear of what Hufford might think of him, which is common in many of the reports. Speaking openly about these experiences destigmatizes these sort of encounters. Finally, we can see that the core experiences of the hagging get replicated. But this was not just happening in Newfoundland and Pennsylvania. Hufford describes how the same experience is detailed in Southeast Asia through the Da Chor, the Dab Koi, the Pox Entekzug, and the Dab Stoy. In Sweden, this is known as the Mara, which means crusher. In fact, etymologically, nightmare means the night crusher. We have been encoding this experience into our language, and it has often been overlooked. Further, witch writings were experienced in Salem, so the hagging played a role in the Puritan witch trials. There are also paintings depicting this experience, such as The Nightmare by Henry Fuseli. The implications for this idea are far-ranging, and there is a reason I wanted to cover it early on in my videos about the academic approach to monsters. Oftentimes, monsters are viewed as purely fictional, and their accounts are viewed with heavy skepticism. Too often, scholars look to how they are portrayed in literature to show what sort of cultural metaphors they embody. While this can be a useful way of studying monsters, it shouldn't be the only way. Hufford's work shows that people's fringe experiences can and are rooted in rationality and actual experience. When people report these types of encounters, we should listen to them. This is an approach that separates folklore from many other disciplines. Ultimately, Hufford discerned the biological mechanism that caused these experiences. It has to do with what is called hypnagogic and hypnopompic hallucinations. When you are going into or coming out of sleep, your body can remain asleep while your mind remains awake. 
This causes your body to go into a form of sleep paralysis, and your brain is tricked into thinking it is still asleep. This causes hallucinations and the feelings of paralysis. So if you're having these experiences, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you at all. He also adds some factors that might increase the likelihood of this happening, most of which is sleeping in a supine position, or in other words, on your back. This is further increased if you are doing a sort of supine yoga. There are many reports of strange encounters with people in what is called the corpse pose in yoga. Certain medications, such as those for nausea, can increase the likelihood as well. In the end, Hufford estimates that roughly 25% of the population has experienced the hagging, and that supernatural belief is much more widespread than previously thought. I had the pleasure to see Hufford speak at the 2019 American Folklore Society annual meeting. He said that you should not tell your priest or a doctor about this, which always stuck with me. Instead, you should seek out a folklorist if you need someone to talk to. We'll be more sensitive and really more knowledgeable about the subject. And as a whole, open up about your supernatural experiences. They'll lead us into new directions of experiencing and understanding the world. As always, I'm Jack Daly, and this has been another episode of The Monster Folklorist. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.